Welcome to the Front Stretch Race fans presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Online at joeskarting.com, fast-paced, white knuckle racing just across the river on 23rd Avenue. Get over to Joe's Karting today. Do yourself right with a little indoor kart racing. Dirk, uh, good weekend down at Kansas Speedway. Had a lot of fun. Um, got to uh, meet a couple of new people, enjoy some new beers, and watch some pretty good racing. And got a little wet. Uh, yes. Yes, we did get a little bit wet. Uh, it rained most of Saturday, pretty much the whole way down. And uh, most of the time we were there walking to the uh, the bar to get something to drink ahead of time and then going to get dinner with uh, Patsy and, and uh, Rick Havenridge, along with Jeff, our champion from 2021, who still waiting for his trophy <laughs> it's funny yeah. to me. all yeah. i can do is laugh um but uh good weekend down at kansas speedway the big question that kind of comes up to mind is we had a long con- a lot of conversation uh about the seating capacity at kansas speedway um james roland had called kansas speedway actually on the phone not just gone to their website and was inquiring about tickets and the operator told him i believe this was on thursday maybe it was Wednesday that there was only a thousand, about a thousand tickets left. And it sparked the whole conversation that I think a lot of people were really shocked to find out the Kansas Speedway's official capacity is only 48,000 these days. Yeah. Well, I think they like count every skip every third seat or something. So what I was seeing from up in my angle was it looks like a lot of the seating isn't, Back to back to back. Remember, we talked to Pat Warren about he. They added some space between the row in front, so that fans could set their beers down, they could set their food down, and actually eat. Um, I think they took out half, not just half the like expanded the seating for each one of the benches, but I think they took out half the seats in majority of the rows. Well. But that's just in the lower section that's the actual uh, a bench-type seating. The upper seats have the cup holders and all that crap in them. Yeah, it was farther up than I was expecting, I guess, was, was my point to that. Because I was looking down from the press box, and it was right where they got the big Kansas Speedway in the seats. A majority of that area, most of those seats are gone. And I see you can't see that from down inside, so. Yeah, I th- and I think that's where it's a little confusing that it, some angles it looked like it was full other angles it looks like it was empty and but i i think they were probably pretty close to capacity i i would guess probably i don't know i guess just didn't say pretty close to capacity i would bet there was probably 25 or 30,000 people maybe 35 yeah just just in the grandstands yeah i'm thinking 25 at the most because uh it didn't look yeah i mean you saw the two videos i took there's a lot of empty seats you know, and I'm figuring half empty. So if it's you know, seats around 48, if that's their new number, I'm thinking 25 or so, about halfway full. There's a lot of empty spaces. Yeah, and, and again, I, th- I think we're looking at the seating spacing for, what was it, 64,000, which was still seen to be a bit of a low number. Um, well, like I said, I know it was originally um, – Chris Morris thought it was 75. I thought it was 78 to 80. Mm-hmm. But right that's where I thought it was, too. 80, 80 spot. But uh, Pat Warren had told us a few years ago that they took took it down to 64,000. Yeah. They did the, those seating changes and took out a couple rows at the bottom and some stuff like that. So, I mean, 
taken out roughly 15,000 seats, that's a good chunk of seating, but that's still 25% of 64 to get down to 48,000, which is what they claim now. Well, and, and I'd found that article. I, I don't remember if I'd showed you. It was from ESPN in 2018. Had taken the official seating capacity from 64,000 to 48,000. Yeah, well, like I said, that's 25%. Mm-hmm. All I know is when I Googled it the other day when we were talking about this online, because I told you I didn't believe that there was only a thousand seats a seats left, you yeah. know, and I didn't realize that they downsized it again. But that's when I saw the forty eight thousand, and I said, "Well, I want to be interested to see what what they did to the track when we get down there." But you can't tell anything from the infield because the grandstands uh, go from outside of turn four to towards turn one. Just like they always have. Nothing's changed in that aspect. Yeah. So you just must not be able to see it as you're climbing, you know, when you're sitting in the in the infield. Uh, you just don't see like that every other row or whatever has been taken out. Yeah. I, I think that's something maybe if we got time, if we go down a little bit sooner than we did, uh, if we go down a little bit sooner, maybe if we go down like Thursday or Friday for the May race, assuming they have a May race. Um, that I, I think it'd be worth it to take a trip over there and actually see the seats and kind of get a better idea for what's available. But that's something we'll do in uh, hopefully next year. Uh, we I'd heard rumors earlier this year that it, there was a good chance that Kansas Speedway was going to get reduced to one race and that it was going to be in June. Uh, I I certainly hope that that isn't the case. Uh, I really had a good time this weekend, especially the weather helped out a lot. It was absolutely gorgeous on Sunday. Yeah, Sunday was fantastic. Just a tad bit windy, but uh, temperature was great. Um, there was not a cloud in the sky. Mm-hmm. No, it was an even absolutely perfect day for race. Was a flyover. What's <laughs> that? that? Was the, only, the only shadow on the ground was from the flyover. Somebody mentioned that when because I didn't actually get to see it from my perspective, but somebody actually said, "Good God, did you see that shadow go by?" <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, uh, that's when I worked the very first race there in 2001, and I was sitting in a folding chair at the start of pit road um, doing pit ins. And, you know, they did the anthem and everything. And I turned around to pick up my clipboard and was starting to sit down and it got dark and it was a, a B2 bomber flying over. Yeah. And it came from behind the, the scoring tower. Mm. All you see is this big long nose coming out. And of course, then the rest of the jet. And it got out to where it was basically over the center of the track. And he just hit both the afterburners and squatted the butt end down and took off at about a 45 degree angle, you know, wow. looked like two Roman candles coming out the back. Wow. Pretty awesome. Yeah. You didn't really hear cool. the thing at all. You didn't hear it until it hit those afterburners. Hmm. It was, you know, and I'm sitting there thinking, well, that's what they're talking about in the desert. That's why I call it a stealth because you can't hear it. Yeah. So our weekend out of Kansas Speedway, we'll talk about the results here in just a little bit. I want to get through the rest of the headlines, Um, headlines that have broke since we last talked to you guys. Well, since we last recorded last Wednesday, uh, North Wilkesboro Speedway, uh, we kind of, I think we talked about it on Wednesday that it sounded likely that the all-star race was going to be heading there in 2023. And NASCAR did officially announce that they would move the all-star race for 2023 to North Wilkesboro Speedway. And you uh, were saying that, again, we're talking seating capacity and and 18,000 seats at a small track like that is not going to get the job done. They're going to need to bring in 
probably another ten or fifteen thousand. I'm thinking this thing is going to have a nostalgia factor. If they don't have seating for probably sixty thousand, I think they're going to be in trouble. And I don't know if they've got the room there to put it there. I've never been to the track, so mm-hmm. I can't answer that. Um, I do know just from friends when they just had that uh, the revival late model hundred hundred lapper, I think it was a couple weeks ago that. Uh, Carson Quapa one. Um, there were people, from to my understanding, still trying to get to the track because of all the traffic congestion when the checkered flag flew. So it was another Kentucky. Yeah, I mean, I never, you know, I never thought Kentucky's access, and I've been there. I never thought that was that bad. So I don't know who the snafu deal did uh, did the snafu on that place. No idea. Well, um, I, I just remember Kentucky the first year they they ran the race there that uh, a lot of people didn't even get to see the race because by the time they got the congestion cleaned up, the race was pretty much over. Right. Yeah, I, I remember the deal, but I've been to the track, so I don't know how that happened. All you know, all the people I know in North Carolina said that this track just has no infrastructure. There's mm-hmm. no way they can handle a modern cup race there. You know, there's just no roads. You go to Michigan, Michigan Speedway, there's a, uh, two highways, one east and west and one north and south. That's all that's close to that track. They're 25, 30 miles from an interstate. Yeah. Well, I look at Kansas Speedway. One of the big reasons why they put it where they put it was because it's quick access to two interstates. Well, yes. And then when you leave, if you wait until after the race and leave, um, just like Texas Motor Speedway was the first track that I was ever at that did this. They get enough state troopers and you know law enforcement officers from wherever. Mm-hmm. They put a ton of cones out, ton of guys directing traffic. You might be coming to Omaha and you might come out of Kansas Speedway and you might get sent to I-70. Yeah. And Texas did the same thing. One time I had to drive, I don't know, it was about 20 miles north before I could turn around and, and go west. And then it made my 14 miles west from the racetrack into about 80 miles west because the highway was at an angle. Was Tesla GPS what you were using? <laughs> uh, it was in 2004. So there was GPS, was. but your 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 map skills was probably better than the GPS at the time. But yeah, no, well, that I was just- a little. That was a little bit of an insider joke as to what Dirk and I have experienced with yeah. uh, Tesla <laughs> GPS this weekend. But uh, no, I mean, they they get you out of the racetrack in a hurry at Texas. Yeah, but- I, I always I always remember that about Iowa, too. And I, it's Iowa Speedway, so it's not nearly as many seats, but you're out of there pretty quickly. Yeah, well, Texas, they will they take like a four lane road and east and west don't mean anything. And it is the, the track there. The highway that the track is located just north of is east and west. And it's, you know, normally a four lane highway, you know, mm-hmm. road. And, uh, but they take different parking lots and send you in different directions. And you probably go a hundred yards from one parking area. And it, the lane you're in might turn you south on I-35 heading towards Fort Worth. And you're trying to say, go north to Oklahoma City or whatever, or you might mm-hmm. be going, you might be going west, but you got in the long, wrong lane. And they will bust your ass if you run over one of their cones and change lanes trying to go somewhere else. 
Oh, they go totally bananas on people down there. And, and that's the big deal is they want people out as fast as possible. Exactly. And, exactly. and it doesn't matter which way you're trying to go. Listen to the trooper and tell you which way to go and figure it out when you're down the road. Just get the hell out of Dodge. Yep. That's all you uh, got to do. Good deal, though. I'm, I'm excited about it. The 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 all-star race heading to uh, North Wilkesboro. I don't think I've ever actually watched a race there uh, live on TV. Uh, when did it close? Oh, uh, shoot. I don't know if they got into the – I don't think they raced – into the 2000s there. I, that's when I got into it. it. was right around 2001, late 2001, 2002, when I became a fan of the sport. And uh, I don't ever remember seeing a race at North Wilkesboro. Um, I started working truck races in 99, and we never ran there. Okay. And I I, I like this, but again, you know, like you've said, and, and I completely agree with you, let's just see what they do with the all-star race. It's turned into such a gimmick anymore that it's kind of – I, I don't really care to watch the all-star race and I really didn't care to watch it when it was at Texas. Cause I don't think that's a good track to race at. I, I don't think Charlotte's a good track to race at. I think it's too fast and too boring. And um, the big money teams have too much of it had too much of an advantage before the new car. Uh, so we'll see what happens at North Wilkesboro, but I'm, I'm interested to see what they do with the format. Hopefully they simplify it and just make it an all-star race and they don't have to make it a, an exhibition wwe show or something like that yeah that and um a lot of scuttle online um all over facebook etc was uh why didn't they just put the clash there yeah and like anybody that works on one of the race teams and lives up in that area knows the weather in north carolina in february is about as bad as the weather here in nebraska so it, really it's very bad. very chance of snowy well, very chance of snowing and it's cold. Yeah. Not a fun condition. Um, so, yeah. So that'll be interesting to see what happens there. North Wilkesboro on the schedule for 2023. We were kind of just surmising. I think it was the way down there that they're probably in the works to be able to, to bring one or two races, probably one more race there each year. Um, and then they'll pour a bunch of money into the infrastructure and adding seats and Otherwise, North Wilkesboro is not going to say, let's pour hundreds of millions of dollars into this facility for one race because they're not, it's not going to pay off. Well, the county, if I'm not, I don't remember the county or the state or something gave them, I don't know, it was a double digit millions of dollars to, to get this, you know, the track back up and running. It was like 12 million or something. Mm -hmm. I just don't remember exactly where the funding came from. And of course, Dale Jr. is kind of heading the whole deal. And uh, if NASCAR is not going to listen to Dale Jr., you know, the junior nation will give them hell. Yeah. Um, but we also, you and I also talked about safer barrier. Yeah. The requirement. I know damn well they don't have it. I wonder if they'll have it. Because like you said, when they ran at Bristol on dirt and the other series have ran at Knoxville on dirt. Well, Knoxville doesn't have a, a safer barrier. Now on dirt, they're not running near the speeds they will on asphalt. So we'll just have to see what what they end up doing there. But you don't see Cup running at Knoxville. You never saw Cup run at Eldora. Right. But Cup ran at Bristol because they got the safer bear. Mm -hmm. So. Got an update on um, Baby Hudson from Adam and Heather. And uh, Baby Hudson, as of Saturday, was doing great. Uh, I think Adam got to hold him for the first time. 
on uh, Sunday. I think I saw on their Facebook page. So good update there. Um, on the other side of things, Mike Pearson, uh, push truck Mike, more commonly known, has um, been dealing with uh, cancer. And um, he said he hits the two-year mark of his cancer journey. Thinks back to all of the, the nine rounds of the nine full rounds of chemo, six weeks of radiation, and the chemo carry pump five days a week. Uh, that were almost physically and mentally demanding. Um, he's been through it all. Since then, he doesn't sleep very well, and he's able to do many things that he wishes to. The cancer had moved into his liver, which put him at stage four. said he's lost many friends in this time, and he's also strengthened many friendships and relationships. said he's not done fighting yet, and uh, so we're just – I wanted to make sure and point that out. Mike's a, a very uh, important part of the – racing community, especially at Eagle and in the sprint car community. So if you could, please uh, send Mike a private message and uh, just give him your best wishes so he can continue to fight on that well, stage four part really scares me. Well, yeah. And I'm, it's better that it went to his liver than to his pancreas mm-hmm. pancreatic cancer. There's nothing they can do for it right now. They've got a, an experimental treatment that are using that I think is based out of Italy it's very expensive, but it's promising. But uh, um, if he would qualify somehow, and again, with all the stuff he's been through in two years, I don't know if he would qualify medically for a liver transplant. Well, and, and isn't the liver kind of one of those oddities that you can cut out like 90% of it and it will slowly grow back? I don't know about the growing back part, but I do know you can you know live without some of it. I don't know how much and a lot of that. You know, kind of depends on your personal uh, um, lifestyle going in. You know, if you're a heavy drinker and all that kind of stuff, that's one of the things they don't like to do transplants on. You know, if you've got, you know, um, what do they call it, uh, sclerosis of the liver, yeah. you know, they, the alcohol poisoning, you know, they usually figure that's self-induced. So they they kind of frown on that when it comes to transplant time. But, uh, yeah, they, they can do a, you know, a liver transplant. Um, I don't know how much they can take off, you know, if they can take half of it, two thirds of it, you know, what you can survive with, but, uh, you know, having gone through a lot of chemo and everything, you don't know how much damage damage that did to what he's got. Cause I mean, chemo's that's nasty, boy. That, that yeah. just tears everything up in your body. Well, and what if, what, a, uh, just an odd concept. Chemo is designed to kill as much non perfectly healthy parts of your body in hopes that the cancer will die with it. That's what it, that's what it does. It kills cells to the point where they're hoping that it kills enough cancer cells that your body is able to recover. It's just a terrible thing to go through. And it, and I don't wish it on anybody. And I know Mike's been struggling with it. I talk to him every once in a while at the racetrack and, you know, ask him how he's doing. He says, Oh, some days better than others. And then we'll sit and talk for about 20 minutes about, you know, just, some of the things he's going through and it just sucks. Really sucks. It's not pleasant. Better forgiven uh, college tuition debt. Let's how about we give away, give up on some medical debt to cancer patients and stuff like that. And the, I a thousand percent agree with you on that. Thousand percent agree with that. It's it, it's you have a tough time looking at it and saying that there's not some sort of evil money scheme behind this. Cause it costs so much money to to treat it and to be cured of it and the fact that it's been around this long and we can't seem to find a cure to cancer it's just 
I have a tough time saying there's not some big money entity stopping us from doing that, i.e. the medical industry. Uh, yeah, the insurance. There's, it, there's, no, there's no money in the cure. Yeah. There's only money in treatment. Right, right. Yeah, you're saying the same thing. So. All right, let's talk about silly season news. Uh, the day this comes out, by the time you listen to it, the announcement may be out, but Kyle Bush has set a press conference, I believe for Tuesday morning, the rumor is that he is expected to announce that he'll be moving over to Richard Childress Racing. What we don't know at this time is will Richard Childress Racing field a third car for Kyle Busch or will Tyler Reddick or Austin Dillon be moved out of their rides for Kyle Busch? Now, before we get into continued speculation, Denny Hamlin actually said, trying to see when this was posted, looks like it was posted Saturday on Jayski's website that Denny Hamlin fully expects Kurt Busch to return to the 45 next season. Hmm. Well, that I, I still don't, don't see happening, but if it does, it does. And good for Kurt, you know, he's, you know, he's had some rough spots in the sport, but you know, he proved this year, he won at Kansas the first race. And uh, so it proves he can still drive, mm-hmm. but uh, an article that I read and I'm trying to remember. It wasn't Pockrass. Who the hell? Who, who wrote the one I read? Pockrass. <laughs> Bob Pockrass. The way he treated us, Pockrass. He treated he you bad? As far as I'm concerned, he did. Was it this weekend or in no, May? No, in May. In May. But it's water yes. under the bridge. They, uh, but he, uh, the article said that, again, talking about Kyle Bush going to RCR. And it said as part of a two-car team. Okay. And I don't see Childress kicking Dylan out of his ride after he made the playoffs. So this the speculation, and what we'd all talked about this, you and I had talked about with a lot of people this weekend was you expect, and I completely agree with you, Richard Childress Racing or Toyota will buy out next year's contract with Tyler Reddick. If you don't remember, Tyler Reddick announced that he's heading to the to 2311 in 2024, and he remains under contract with Richard Childress Racing in 2023. So you you brought it up, and we all kind of agreed with you. Toyota buys him out for 2023. He moves over and goes and races a car in 2023 for Toyota, most likely the 45 car, and that opens up the ride for Kyle Busch to move over to Richard Childress Racing, and he'll race... You know, maybe the 18, I doubt Joe Gibbs Racing will give up that car with the merchandising rights. He'll probably end up racing the eight. Right. Yeah. The the number 18s with Gibbs. That's that's not going anywhere. Yeah. Um, it's just going to be a matter of who's in it. And uh, because even if Bush, if Kurt Bush does come back in the 45, a lot of the original speculation was 2311 adding a third car. Right. When, when Tyler Reddick was originally announced to come over. So mm-hmm. it's hard saying exactly where that's going to end up. But I won't be surprised in the least if if Reddick's deal gets bought out um, this day and age. I can't imagine buying him his deal out from Childress is at a max a $10 million deal and maybe even closer to five. Yeah, that probably sounds cool. That I would agree with that number. Yeah. And, uh, but, uh, you know, which basically 
you know, gives the money to put right back into Kyle Bush. And um, there was also another article I saw that Kyle Bush has evidently come through with a $2.66 million sponsorship deal, if I remember correctly. Oh, wow. It was also going to be announced. Hmm. Uh, do you think it's that energy drink that he's got? Well, and taking money out of his own pocket kind of deal, but actually he's got to advertise. So, yeah, you know, um, and it also might be something because I don't think uh, KB Motorsports is going away. So there's obviously got to be something involved there, mm-hmm. you know, with his truck racing deals. So, yeah, now there's the a lot Atlantic, of parts in this deal. The Atlantic, which is uh, uh, news, uh, uh, a news agency that reports a little bit on NASCAR every once in a while. Uh, they're reporting that Kyle Busch's deal is to be a third card RCR, and the sponsorships have not been finalized yet. But the official announcement, again, I found the uh, the press conference is set for 9 a.m. Central Time on Tuesday. So by the time this comes out at 10 a.m., uh, it'll be old news, and, and we'll have a better idea of what's going on. Yeah, I just it, it seems like it's a stretch that Childress is going to put a third car on just for one season. All right, results from Kansas Speedway. Um, Bubba Wallace, I don't know if you guys have heard, he ended up picking up the win. Uh, Denny Hamlin ran second for the second weekend in a row. Christopher Bell in third, Alex Bowman in fourth, Martin Trux Jr. with a nice top five. Byron Chastain, Larson Blaney, and Suarez, your top ten. Surprises, Kevin Harvick, first car out, uh, got into some dirty air with, uh, Ross Chastain and Bubba Wallace battling in front of him and he slams into the outside wall and his day was done pretty quickly. Uh, Tyler Reddick blew a tire uh, coming out of turn number two, smacked the wall. His day was done. They finished 36th and 35th, respectively, both playoff drivers. Kyle Busch was the next worst playoff finisher at 26th, but he ended up gaining 15 points. Joey Logano was fourth worst with 17th. Uh, he had a much better day, 25 points. Uh, heading yeah, into – what's that? Yeah, can, I think Joey got some stage points, which is what – Yeah, he absolutely did. Um, Kevin Harvick, Chase Briscoe, Austin Dillon, and Kyle Busch are all below the cutoff line. Uh, Kyle Busch only two points behind Austin Sindrick. As long as we don't see some more crazy, weird stuff, I fully expect – Kyle Busch to get past at least one driver, if it be Austin Sindrick or Tyler Reddick, uh, maybe even Daniel Suarez has a bad weekend. Um, Austin Dillon's only three points behind the cut line. Uh, I have a tough time seeing that him overcome that, but three points isn't too bad. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the only person that's absolutely in the, in the pretty much winner go home category is Harvick. Yeah, he's 35 points behind. Yeah, I think the other guys, there's all enough, you know, moving around. I think even when you go up into 12th, 11th, and 10th, I I think they're only, you know, safe by a handful of points. So six, uh, 10th is six points above. That's Daniel Suarez. I think Ross Chastain is pretty safe. He's 26 points above in ninth. Right. Yeah, that I would say that's pretty safe. Um, so yeah, I think Kevin Harvick, he, he said it in his post-race interview on MRN. He said, we came into Kansas speedway knowing that we needed to win and we had another bad weekend. So we're back to the same strategy. We got to win at Bristol. 
And there's, I tell you, it, Kevin Harvick is still one of those old bullheaded, get it done kind of guys that you put a target in front of him of just go out there and win the race. And I, I got faith he can do it, but I, I still think that the way that team has ran all week, all year long, that he's going to be one of the guys eliminated. Yeah. Well, he's, uh, he's, he's won some races there at Bristol. Um, mm-hmm. but it's qualifying is going to be big for him. Yeah. If he doesn't get, you know, a, a top five or six qualifying spot, he's going to have his work cut out for him because he needs to go out and try and win the first two stages. If he could go out and win the first two stages and put 20 points, then he's at 15 point situation. And he's probably put, uh, by that point, he might've put, uh, uh, not Austin Sendrick, uh, Briscoe behind him already. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you know, and then if he goes out, you know, has 20 points on, you know, from the two stages and, then he can pretty much go out and, and as long as he finishes in the top five, he's probably going to advance. But if he doesn't win those first two stages, he has to win the race. No ifs, ands, or buts. Christopher Bell, uh, first driver getting locked into the next round. He is 58 points above the cut line. He is 60 points above Kyle Busch, who is in 13th. So that locks him into the next round mathematically. Um. Then William Byron, Denny Hamlin, Joey Logano, and Ryan Blaney are the top five in points. We'll talk more about this weekend of racing to come with Thursday's episode, and we'll also talk about the uh, official uh, announcement from Kyle Busch and him moving over to who we assume to be the uh, the RCR and um, either a second car or third car. We'll find out Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. when that press conference happens and that announcement is made. Dirk, anything else we got to talk about today? No, I mean, uh, we had our uh, good communication with uh, Matt Humphreys, mm-hmm. our our big contact with NASCAR. Yeah. Um, we earned a few brownies points by helping them stack the cooler in the media center. <laughs> anything we can do. <laughs> we did get some hero cards. We got a few autographs. Could not get any Goodyear tires because we weren't military people. Right. Um, we shook a lot of military hands and thanking people for their service. Mm-hmm. We had some pretty good spaghetti. Yeah, thanks to. to uh, <laughs> yep. Yep. Met um, up with Andrew uh, Combs. Yep. Met up with Andrew and uh, chatted with him for a little bit and ran into Rick Allen and Steve Latart over at the yard house. Uh, Rick kind of, or Steve Latart kind of wandered by us, but Rick stopped and gave us a chat, and you finally got to get him to pass you the torch for eagle raceway <laughs> only a 10-year gap or 15-year gap in there yeah, yeah he's Please. he actually shared some interesting uh information with us said that uh you know i i said you don't know me but i i do you know you said i think you were the one that mentioned that i do the announcing at eagle and he goes oh yeah i think we're going to be making our way down there sometime yeah. I said, oh yeah so and he says it. yeah uh i i guess we're going to be coming down there for kyle larson's series next year and i thought huh well, that'll be awesome. So, yeah, so can't confirm it yet, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, we don't, we haven't talked to Roger, but I'm, I'm sure, you know, he obviously knows about something going on, but if anybody else, you know, had missed all that, that, uh, uh, Kyle Larson and Brad sweet mm-hmm. are putting a sprint car series together. That's going to run. Was it Tuesdays? It's a mid-season, it's a midweek series. So Tuesday, Wednesday, somewhere around in there is when they were looking at running races. 
running, I think they said eight to, was it eight to 12 races? Is that what they were shooting for? Because they ran uh, one race this year just to kind of try their thought process out. Yeah, I thought it was more like 20, but it, it could be, could be. I didn't think that meant, I thought it was like a, do, a dozen or something, but, um, but yeah, it sounds like they want to get Eagle on the schedule, which is, that's cool, you know. Um, yeah, we had, uh, you know, a good time. Absolutely. And a big thanks to everybody down at Kansas Speedway for their hospitality again. Uh, I think that they're definitely, um, I, I felt a lot better about our going down there and, and having uh, the option to be able to do a lot of things. Um, it, it After COVID and with a lot of the changes from ISC, International Speedway Corporation over to NASCAR, there was a lot of a lot of changes that went on, and I think it, it. we finally felt like there was a good flow there to where the relationship we'd built up over the years was back. Well, yeah. I mean, we had Pressbox access. We had uh, Victory Lane access, which we normally don't get either one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually had seats in the media room. We've never had that before. Yeah, we've never had that. We had it at Iowa, but never at Kansas. So I proudly posted mine. I'm impotent now at Kansas Speedway. By the way, it's a uh, uh, the initial press release for Kyle Larson and Brad Sweet's um, sprint series is 12 midweek sprint car races uh, headlined by Larson and uh, many of the largest names in sprint car racing. So 12 races. Hmm. I think that's what somebody just said. Maybe I'm maybe I didn't hear it right. But... All right. Don't don't stretch your arm out, <laughs> pat yourself on the back. Yeah. That's going to do it for us today, guys. We appreciate you joining us. Sorry there was no interview. We're going to get back to those on uh, hopefully on Thursday, but we are working on getting the champions interview scheduled down at Quaker Steak and Lube. By the way, Dirk, I was kind of looking at the schedule. I'm thinking probably September 26th should be our first one. Yeah, I'm all in. I'm not going anywhere for a few months anyway. So, um, so if we can start knocking out, you know, three or four every Monday evening, um, you know, we go set up and do our turn one, you know, that'll pop out on Tuesday and then maybe put three interviews or four interviews behind it. And yeah. um, we've also got to try after talking yesterday, we've got to try and get Rick Ware set up. Absolutely. That would be a great interview. Got so well, why don't you fun. try to get that, get Rick, uh, maybe this midweek, uh, we'll record him on Wednesday and play him on Thursday or sometime next week. Yeah, well, I, I'm going to shoot for, for one of the Wednesdays because I, I think those guys mostly take Monday off. Mm-hmm. you know after their race weekends i think monday's not much of a day for them so i'll see if i can possibly get him um this week on wednesday or next week all right sounds good guys again thanks for listening to us make sure you like it up and share it up that way we continue to grow and if you aren't following us on your favorite podcasting site yet please do so that way you get notifications when we publish episodes uh, and- big thanks to quaker steak and lou for support the front stretch and in case anybody missed it, Scott Frost is fired. <laughs> he didn't step down. <laughs> he did not step down, but he did get a nice going away prize of $15 million. So thank you again, everybody. Uh, thanks again to Joe's Carding and of course, Rick Haven Ridge of Wealth Partners. Find out what Rick could do for you today. I'm Dan Taylor. That's Dirk Houston. This has been the Front Stretch presented by Joe's Carding. Hey guys, Dan Taylor with Tailored Computers and Repair. I've been talking about a hard drive upgrade on the podcast for quite a long time, and here's a little more detail behind it. Older laptops, older computers, maybe four or five years old, the hard drives that came with them just simply were not built for Windows 10. 
A new hard drive from Taylor Computers in Repair will breathe brand new life into your laptop and computer. Not only will it make it faster, but it will make your laptop battery last longer and it will run cooler, which will also help the battery last a lot longer. Not only does your computer or laptop get even faster, but all of your files, settings, pictures, everything is exactly where you left it. Within about a day, maybe two days, you're gonna get your same computer back but it's gonna run faster, cooler, and the battery's gonna last longer on laptops. Give me a call today, 402-659-5641. Find out what a hard drive upgrade can do for your computer and get some valuable time back. Hey, look at that. You're sitting on your couch playing Halo, Madden, or NASCAR while your friends are at Joe's Karting. Each lap is an adrenaline-filled, heart-pumping, white-knuckle experience that you can only get at the Metro's largest indoor karting track. Eco-friendly Honda engines rip you around their professionally designed road course at breakneck speeds. Can you reach the 14-second lap bracket? There's only one way to find out. Put the controller down and get to Joe's Karting, 23rd Avenue in Council Bluffs next to Quaker Steak and Lube. The official watering hole of the front stretch has you covered any day of the week with the best wings, great burgers, and amazing steaks. Each weekday from 4 to 6 is happy hour, featuring dollar off draft and well drinks plus $4 Luberitas. Mondays are kids night. Tuesdays are all you can eat wings for $12.95, and the lube even delivers to the Council Bluffs area. Like Quaker Steak and Lube Council Bluffs on Facebook for a full list of weekly events. Get to Quaker Steak and Lube. Mid-America Drive, Council Bluffs.